0: Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Greg Detmeyer. Sitting across from me is Jenny J. Hill, Hillebrand. We are instructional coaches in the Western Dubuque Community School District. And since the two of us are together, we're talking to microphones, we're reading notes, this is the Instructional Coaching Corner, the podcast. Jenny, how's it going today?
1: It is going great.
0: What is one cool thing that happened today?
1: One cool thing that happened today... I had, oh, this, oh, it's such a great one. So we were getting ready for morning announcements, and we always play like a little happy tune or whatever. And I was, I always stand in the hallway, and I give high fives as the kids are walking down the hallway. And one of our third grade students was standing at his locker, and he was taking his, like, art shirt, and he was kind of shaking it around, dancing to the music. He did, like, a little step back and, like, basketball shot it in there. You get it? He did. And then he did, like, a, like, he went up to... Shut his locker and he did a little spin and a turn. He was totally in
0: in the zone
1: to the music. Cool. And I just sat there and I had the biggest smile on my face, like this boy is ready for school. He is excited to be here and he is in a great mood. So I walked up and I gave him a high five, and he's like, "I just love this song. It's just such a great song." So I
0: was pumped up. That was that awesome. was my cool thing for today. Awesome. How about you? Oh, you know, um, nothing really. I mean, we could, but we don't want to be a 60-minute podcast. All right, fine. So I just go that. on and on. Jenny, in the last couple of weeks, there's been quite a few national tragedies in our country, especially these hurricanes. We had Hurricane mm-hmm. Harvey and Hurricane Irma. Irma. And I don't know about you, but I am a big fan of like investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. Shows like Twenty Twenty, Sixty 60 Minutes, yep. Dateline, et cetera. And I don't know... If you watch very many of them, but if you do, you would notice that they don't just show up and say, hi, I'm David Muir, and I've been in a hurricane for the last 12 hours, (laughs) and my hair hasn't moved, and here's the facts about the hurricane, the winds are this, there's this much damage, etc. They don't do that. Right. Instead, what they do is they show up, David Muir still, been in the hurricane 12 hours, hair hasn't moved, and uh, by the way, here is... (laughs) Joe. Joe is a plumber. He lives in Key West, Florida, and let's follow him through this hurricane. And then they'll be like, all right. And then here's Susie. She lives in Fort Lauderdale.
1: Lauderdale. yeah.
0: And she's a hairdresser. And let's follow her through Hurricane Irma. And her as a business owner and all the tr- struggles and things that she's dealing with. Mm-hmm. They don't just tell the facts. They tell a story. They tell people's story to deliver this news. So they deliver news about Hurricane Irma Hurricane Harvey through the stories of other people.
1: And through those stories... We care. We have more of a connection Mm -hmm. because we can feel for those people because we see the struggle and the hurt and the frustration through their stories.
0: And it's something we can connect with. Mm -hmm. There's human connection there. There's, There's a certain power to a story... That simply isn't in a set of facts. Right. And it's the same in the classroom. Stories could be utilized in the classroom as well. Correct, Jenny? Absolutely. And there's several different types of stories. We're going to be talking a lot today about stuff from our man. Jim Knight. From his book, High Impact Instruction, where he has a whole chapter laid out and dedicated to the powers of stories. And a little bit from our man. Joe Beckman. Who talks a lot about connectivity and the power of stories and just human connection.
1: I like... Let, let's start with Joe. You want to start with Joe? I think we should. So Joe is on our podcast a couple... Oh, just... Well...
0: A few episodes ago. mid
1: We talked to him, but we have talked about him on a couple shows. Um, but yeah, Hi, Joe. He, what's that?
0: I said, hi, Joe. Oh, In case hello. he's listening. He probably is. We don't want to be rude. No, that's right. Okay.
1: But I bet he is, because he says he listens, so... I guess this is a test.
0: Crickets. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Joe, um, when he talked to us at the beginning of the school year, he talked about stories, and he talked about how important they are in building those connections, like you had mentioned. Um, Connections between work, family, friends, schools, and then lumps. Yep, so kind
0: of as he was talking about those five things, work, family, friends, school, and lumps, those were Joe's big areas as far as like these are places that you could find a story that's worthy of telling so lumps would be like our struggles times we fall down hard times and times we may struggle and then succeed at something Mm -hmm. so where we take some bumps and bruises and what he suggested is listing out so like picking work family friends school or lumps and then going through like picking one of those categories and then thinking like what's a highlight of that what's a low light What's a wow moment from that aspect of my life? Uh, what maybe I'm a memorable person, or what's something I learned about that light, that part of my life, and then crafting a story from that.
1: And I think, kind of focusing on those areas like the highlight, the low light, it gives you those talking points in how to really pull in the people that you're sharing those stories with. When we're sharing those these stories, you know, within the classrooms, I have walked into so many classrooms where we have teachers that are just really good storytellers. The, th- the thing that I love about these teachers is that they are talking about, let's say if it's a lump and they're talking about something that they've, they've struggled with or maybe that they failed at and how they're talking about, you know, here was a highlight from when I, you know, finally succeeded or the low light of really me trying to figure out how to get through something pull that they have with those kids and how engaged those kids are through those stories when you're making them, Personable, and you're making those connections with those kids.
0: Especially when you can show that, like, you messed up Mm -hmm. and you learned from that. Because so many times students put their teacher on a pedestal as far as, like, this person doesn't make mistakes. This person just is good at everything they do. They're the teacher. But when we show them that, no, we're not, when we step off that pedestal and show our lumps and let the kids know that, hey, we struggle too, we can connect with them deeper. Mm -hmm. And what a story to tell what a role model or an example we can set where we do when we do share those struggles that we do have I agree. or that we've overcome
1: and I think what we're showing them is to be vulnerable themselves and that when they do fail and make mistakes we're kind of creating that safe environment for those kids um, saying it's okay if we fail in our classroom but it's not okay to keep trying to get better you know that our classroom is a safe environment for making mistakes or failure But that we're also an environment in a classroom that is going to work really, really hard to get better.
0: One of the things that Joe had mentioned in his presentation about stories was how pretty much almost every story that humans tell follow the same arc. And there's a really cool video called The Hero's Hero's Journey on TED-Ed, basically where it explains how most stories go with a call. Where there's someone in the story and they're asked to do something. And then there's a point of clarity where they're trying to determine what am I going to do with this call. Then there's some conflict and then they have a choice. Do I continue to move forward as this person? Which is the exact same story arc that almost every Batman movie follows. I mean, think about it. So Bruce Wayne, parents are killed. He's called to clean up Gotham. He knows he has to do something. Then, as he's getting older, he's developing clarity in his mind, terms, what do I do with this call? And, then, and within that conflict, he goes and finds someone who can train him, Ghul, as well as another mentor, Alfred. And then he encounters tons of conflict. And usually during that conflict, he's beaten down and he's ready, like, there's no way Batman can win. And then all of a sudden, Batman says, I'm Batman. And then he comes back and he defeats the bad guy and the conflict is resolved, and then Batman has a choice. Do I continue to be Batman and better than I was at the beginning of the story, or do I go in my cave and sit there and eat lobster for the rest of my life? (laughs) I love it. So, I mean, a lot of that, Jenny, is just stories as a whole. So that might be a book, a movie, or whatnot. We're not going to, like, recite a whole book or movie to our students. And that's where a lot of the great stuff... That Jim Knight talks about comes in handy because he's talking specifically for a classroom. So I love what Joe talked about. Mm-hmm. Joe talked a whole ton about like the power of story and right. the power of human connection through story. And he certainly did go into like creating stories and, and telling stories to our kids. I feel Jim Knight takes it another level and breaks it down to like different types different. of stories, why we should use stories. Let's talk about that stuff right now. All right. So Jim talks about two types of stories one intensive explicit so in this type of story there is an exact thing that students are going to learn i had the opportunity to watch mrs streif our music teacher and she told the story about note neighborhood and it was all about oh, I remember this story. tt and, and Tata, and yep. they were going through the life and it was a story about these notes and there was a direct thing that she wanted those students to learn from that. Another example, like from my life, I remember teaching a writing unit and telling a story about a time that I was working out in the garage, fell asleep on the mat because I was stretching. <laughs> the heater blew the, the breaker, so the lights went out. And I woke up in the pitch dark, had no idea where I was.
1: You didn't know what was going on?
0: No. And I used that story to tell the students a lot of times we do that same thing to our writer or our readers as writers where we don't tell them any setting where there's no detail they're, we just throw this character out there and the reader has no idea what's going on or where this character's at
1: they're left in the dark exactly yeah
0: so there's an exact thing i want the students to learn from those stories mm-hmm. the other story is a constructivist one and this would be a, if a story if i told a story about how i was bullied as a middle school kid and then left it up to them to determine what was the big meaning behind this. And that could mean something different to you than it did for me.
1: So based, so that kind of a story is where you're pulling the meaning, that meaning from it with how you connect to the story. So it's basically you kind of connecting to the story at your own level. So one student might connect one way while another student connects a different way.
0: Absolutely. Yep. And there's really no right or wrong there. It's not being taught to teach a student a specific skill like I like we did with my garage one or Mrs. Streif's uh, right. Note Neighborhood.
1: So those stories kind of create more dialogue maybe. There's mm-hmm. more conversations that take place because it's nothing direct and specific that they're pulling from it. There's more open conversations with those stories.
0: Exactly, and I, I see a lot of those when I see teachers use those. A lot of it's like those life lesson type things like big picture just like good character or an example mm-hmm. of mindset or new learning it's not a specific content standard yeah focus
1: and sometimes those are the ones that, to me those are the ones that sometimes stick in my head more because they're they're always making me think um i'm going to share one we had a, a homily at church one day and it was one where the priest stood up and uh, shared a story with us and his story stuck with me for weeks on end. That just made me really, really think about my faith, my family, my my work. And it was crazy how one story made me reflect for so long. That story just stuck in my head and it would not leave. So the power in some of those stories that just continually make you think and make you want to get better and, and that.
0: I agree. One of the things, Jenny, I used to do, and it's kind of a story when I taught special ed, was after a lot of my IEP meetings, I would email the teacher and just kind of go through what this kid looked like a year ago and kind of like frame it up as a story. Like, he was a, a second grade student who was reading this many words per minute. This is how he was socially. And uh, here's where he was on his IEP goals academically. And then literally fast forward, showing all the progress mm-hmm. and here's where that kid is now. And when you can see the story, the journey that person took, you can't help but be inspired and then it continues to motivate you to do even more to continue help them learn.
1: Mm-hmm. I think when you know somebody's story, like in that sense. It's not just again, numbers anymore. Again, you're you're building those connections. You know, when you send those to a teacher and a teacher sees the growth that a student has and the capability within those students they want to push and drive those students even more. So again, great. it goes back to that power of connections.
0: So as we're talking to teachers or even ourselves in front of st- students, what are some reasons that we might want to tell stories? Why well, tell a story?
1: That's a great question. So one of the reasons why we tell stories is to anchor new knowledge. So that kind of goes along with you know what you had said with the... Um, like the closed stories, that we are giving them something specific that they're learning. So anchoring new knowledge uh, for maybe an upcoming unit or something that they're going to be learning and building more knowledge on.
0: Another great thing is to promote thinking and dialogue. Like you said, you tell a good story about something maybe you've overcome or someone you know has overcome, kids can't help but talk about that stuff, Mm -hmm. especially when there's one of those big lessons to be pulled from it.
1: Yep. Um, They also, another why is to inspire hope. You know, with our growth mindset lessons that we've been doing within our classrooms, we talk about some of those famous failures. So like the Michael Jordan, the Oprah Winfrey, uh, Walt Disney, telling and sharing some of those stories about famous people who failed, but what they had to do to overcome that failure. And now to look at how famous they are and how far they've come, you know, that leaves anybody with that feeling of hope like you know what i might have failed but if i keep going and i really try hard and i really want to work hard at something i can do it
0: yeah it's like i got cut from the basketball team Mm -hmm. so did michael jordan right it's like okay
1: and even to say like let's
0: take some steps to improve for me yeah
1: and i think like even for michael jordan's story you know he went back to his bedroom and he cried Mm -hmm. you know when, when that happened it wasn't like he told himself right then and there Nope, I'm I'm gonna become the best basketball player I can. He went home and he struggled for a while. Maybe I shouldn't be on the team. You know, he was disappointed, but he didn't let that stop him. So
0: another great thing the stories do is they offer a new perspective. So if you tell a powerful story about, you know, let's just go back to the bullying case, and maybe kids are—it's a story about how you were picked on for wearing glasses, and someone in the classes. Someone who picks on kids who wear glasses. Maybe through this story, they're gonna see. Well, maybe this isn't the best. Maybe this isn't the best thing for me to be doing. Right. There are people too.
1: Well, and it's like you talked about with the hurricanes. That it's not the news reporter standing up giving us the facts about it. It's us hearing from the person who owns the beauty shop or yep. the person who lost their home. You know, we're getting a new perspective from those people who are affected directly by the hurricane, or whatever it is, and giving their personal stories. So getting their perspective on it. So stories can be really powerful.
0: Very powerful. Now, Jenny, you could have a great story, and you could, like, totally butcher it. And the good thing is Jim has a section in that chapter where he talks about ways to make your stories not terrible. Really?
1: Yeah. Awesome. Let's hear it.
0: So, Jenny, like I said, some you could have a great story, and... Just tell it poorly. And the nice thing is Jim has some tips and tricks within that chapter to good storytelling. And the first thing he tells is make sure it's not a lame story. And I love that because what we think is cool is not always what kids think is cool. So make sure it's a story that kids can connect with so they're not thinking this is a lame story. It's kind of like music. Like, I love listening to my Johnny Cash. My kids hate it. They're like, Dad, (laughs) not the old guy with gravel in his voice again. It needs to be something they can connect with. Exactly. Another great thing you can do is keep it concise. You don't want your story to go on and on and on forever. You want it to be short and deliver the message, but also paint a, a vivid enough picture where they can understand what's going on. So it's kind of balancing between you want to deliver your story but you don't want to go too long you want to be a have it concise but still tell the full story
1: and i think that's that's a good thing to to always remember because some of us like to talk we get going on things and we start adding details that maybe don't pertain to what the kids need to even know about the story and adding some of those things in Either loses their engagement, or sometimes it might be information that they just they don't even need to know. So yep. just making sure that you're you're always intentional about the the information that you're sharing with the story, and like you said, being vivid, something that they can actually picture in their mind, and and build that connection with because they can actually see it and feel your energy and feel your emotion with the story.
0: And if you're doing that, you should draw on their emotion. It should be emotional for them in one way or another. They should have some feelings after listening to the story. Yep. And it doesn't mean like happy, sad. There's a whole variety of different feelings they could feel. They should have some type of an emotional reaction to that. Exactly. Uh, the other thing is it should be surprising. The kids should not be able to guess at the beginning of the story exactly how it's going to end. If so, you may have forgotten uh, that you already told this story.
1: That has happened to me before. Yeah,
0: and they're, they're all like, we've heard this.
1: Yeah, you can tell by the look on their face like, yep, I've heard it. I know. So, yeah.
0: And the last one, Jenny... We want to be humble. Our stories to be humble, and I guess when I kind of think of this is, I think so many times we could be telling stories about ourselves, of times that we overcome stuff or great things that we've had happen or we've done, that it could just be a little off-putting to some students.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that you know realizing our audiences too, depending on you know the students that you have within your classroom, making sure and that kind of goes back to um, you know, the not lame and, and making sure that it's something that your kids can connect with. That part of being humble is making sure that we are choosing stories that we know that they'll connect to based off their own experiences, maybe with their home or family, those types of things, finding those stories that we know they can they can have that connection with.
0: So kind of wrapping it up, I guess I would just summarize like everyone has a story, Everyone has lots of stories in their lives, and they're worth sharing. There's lots of things we can learn from each other, and let's not be afraid to uh, get a little vulnerable and share those stories in front of our students, in front of our coworkers, and uh, drive that human connection.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I think one of the, the best things that Jim Knight kind of mentioned too was writing down things when they happen. You know, sometimes things happen to us, and we're like, oh, that would be a great story, or I should share that during this time when, you know, when I'm teaching this. To jot down stories that you have, I think kind of reflecting on your life and what would be some life stories that you could share, but also like your experiences. When things happen to you, you know, making sure that you remember those experiences and some of those details so that when you have a lesson coming up, you know, like you said, with the writer's workshop one, you know, leaving the kids in the dark. Mm-hmm you know, that that's a great story. I never would have thought to connect you falling asleep and the lights turning out to, you know, writer's workshop. So yep. being creative with the stories that you have, because we have so many.
0: You always have to be looking out for your stories. You Things do. happen all around us. Yep,
1: Things that you don't think would make good stories someday might just come in handy. Make so a good story. jot them down.
0: Jenny, anything else on stories? I think we've covered it. People go okay. tell a story. Come on.
1: It. I did. I love good. I love a good story. You I have do. great stories. I you are too. a great storyteller. Right?
0: I am, maybe. You I are. try. Um, a lot of my stories come from my family, which is it's a great re- place to uh, pull lots and lots of stories when you have five kids and a, and a wife dog. who is just awesome.
1: She is. Your wife yeah. is awesome.
0: Yeah. I find a lot of my stories are uh, self-deprecating, though. <laughs> <laughs> we like, it's just all about making me. The butt of the joke, or the butt of the story. That's okay, though. I can handle that. Jenny, we have some listener mail. Jack reached out, and he said, A well-put-together show. Fun and informative. A lot of great things here. Thank you for that comment, Jack. We really appreciate it. If you want to be like Jack and give us some feedback, we would love it. You could go to our website at www.iccpodcast.com. There's a spot for listener mail. You could certainly fill it out there and shoot it our way. Maybe you have a great story that you like to tell to your kids. We'd love to hear it. At our website, you can also find our past shows as well as our minicast. You can check us out on Twitter and Facebook. All those buttons can be found, again, at our website to take you right to those sites. Final thing, if you listen on itunes or google play or wherever you listen if you'd go in and rate us and maybe give us a comment that would be awesome that really helps us bump up in their search engines so we would really appreciate that as well as we leave ask yourself what one thing could i do tomorrow that will make me a better version of myself then wake up and do it because greatness isn't achieved by one event but instead a series of small, intentional steps. Go Be Awesome!